0: testing 1, two, three. Mm-hmm. one two, three, four. marijuana, marijuana, pills, 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 pills. Hey, pills, pills, pills. <laughs> hey guys, Rabia Banos here, in Ebony Black, and we, we are Us millennials. millennials, and we are back with our third episode, which is called social narcotics. So this podcast is going to be about drugs and some of the main ways our generation are finding to experiment with them and why. So it might surprise you also as we go further into the topic, you'll hear that millennials have found ways a little different from past generations to experiment. So hopefully you find the conversation interesting and everyone can Understand a little bit more and have more insight not only about the effects of drug addiction and abuse But also what drugs are more or less popular than they were previously and why So before we officially start the discussion, we wanted to give a few definitions for everyone Because um, there's some words we're going to be using that not everybody might be familiar with Yeah. Um, so for one, narcotics So a narcotic is, des- is defined as a drug Or other substance affecting mood or behavior and sold for non-medical purposes, especially an illegal one. Mm -hmm. And then the second definition is a drug that relieves pain and induces drowsiness, stupor, or insensibility.
1: Yes. Um, And Arabia just mentioned something that's a part of the narcotic definition, which is the illegal aspect. And I want to just mention the differences between illicit drugs and licit drugs. So I'll start with licit, which means within the law. So in other words, anything that is licit is allowed or legal. Um, listed drugs may include like alcohol caffeine and nicotine because these are these are things that we can buy at the store um also legal drugs can include prescription drugs now that means that you have to get them prescribed from your doctor so it can be like you know on the street or anything like that you have to get a physician in M- um md you know Um, do it that way now as for illicit drugs these are classified as illegal drugs because they pose a threat to our health so in some cases it may pose a threat to our lives so these drugs are heroin cocaine methamphetamines crack cocaine lsd ecstasy mushrooms and pcp um i don't know how many people are familiar with those drugs but they're considered, like, really hardcore drugs. Um, So you would understand why they would be, you know, considered an illicit
0: drug. Right. So, um, Ebony, do you want to tell them a little bit about how we decided to um, come up with the topic for this podcast? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were just talking,
1: and, and I think we both wanted to do a podcast that had a lot of substance Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: one that we needed to like really research and like hit the ground running type thing and this was it because there was a lot of research (laughs) on drugs (laughs) substance abuse um and and dealing with our generation I think that was the part that we really were, were like curious about because I'm like millennials drugs like
0: what is it You know? Right. So, one of the first things that we found out when we did our research, um, according to the National Institute on Drug Abuse, millennials actually use fewer drugs than their parents did, Mm -hmm. which I found really, really interesting. Um, And then it also said that teenage drug use has declined by more than 34% between the years 1993 and 2013. So, this is a (laughs) crucial time period that encompasses the teenage years of our generation, millennials. So, you know, it shows that our generation actually uses less than baby boomers, our parents. Mm -hmm. Um, However, even though overall drug use is less than our parents' generation, um, it's still increasing with specific drugs, one of them being marijuana and another one being pills. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So, Ebony, I think you have some information about... Pills, and then I have a little information about marijuana,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we're gonna kind of like go back and forth and discuss the two. Yeah. And we originally kind of wanted it to be like a um debate about mm-hmm. which drug was the drug of our generation. Was it pills or was it marijuana? So I'm on the marijuana side, and she's on the pills side. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really on a side. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're not really on sides yeah. for the
1: sake of the podcast. Yeah, we're like, okay, let's just. Choose which one we like. Just when we were talking, we're like, okay, which one do you think? And marijuana popped up in your head, and then, <laughs> For and then when I was like, well, prescription drugs, like pills, because we were really having like an honest conversation about our history and just the people that we know. And mm-hmm. so I guess from our
0: experience, we like uh, it was marijuana. Easier. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> it was easier to choose an argument. Yeah, because I've I know more people who have used marijuana and more about the effects of marijuana. And she had more experience with, um, yeah, with people using
1: pills and stuff because I was a a resident advisor in college. So I I had a lot of people coming in like are getting caught having
0: prescription drugs or selling them. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, for starters, we're going to talk a little bit about addiction versus abuse, Um, but we recently just did some research, or Ebony Mm -hmm. just did some Mm -hmm. research, and we had some conflicting thoughts about, well, for me, the difference between addiction and abuse, or what comes first or after, or exactly what the two of those even look like.
1: Yeah, because at first, I thought it was abuse, dependence, addiction, from what I researched, and, you know, what I was understanding from the MDs that were describing what addiction looks like based off of behavior that comes with that. But now I found the new information talking about,
0: mm-hmm.
1: OK, maybe it's dependence, which is another word for addiction. Yes. Abuse. Wait, right.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm thinking that addiction would come first based mm-hmm. off of what you just found, because once you get addicted to something, then you don't have any control over when you use it or how often, so then that's then when you start abusing it,
1: mm-hmm. is what I think. And what, and what some of our resources have stated is that drug abuse and drug dependence represent different ends of the same disease process. And so what's really important for me to state is that It is a disease. Drug addiction is a disease of the mind because Mm -hmm. it's telling you to repeatedly do something that is innately not good for your body. Right. Um, And it's something that you cannot control. So your mind dictates your behavior and then you do the behavior and then you fall into a certain type of cycle. And then that is where the abuse comes in. That's where in. the abuse comes in, yeah. Yeah, okay. Just talk that out.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so the dependence is before the abuse
0: because
1: yeah. mm-hmm. you are depending on this substance over something else that is healthier for yourself. So what I had said, I said, um, you're choosing to do cocaine or PCP or some of the other hardcore drugs that we stated before over going to the gym
0: because you're stressed yeah then that's clearly like you're dependent and then I know that they say that dependence is it's almost like the same as addiction but in a way I think dependence if you take it a step further can come first Mm -hmm. because then if you're dependent on a drug or anything then that means then eventually you're going to start getting addicted to it because Mm -hmm. that's what you're leaning on and then next is going to come the abuse of it you know because you don't have that control anymore so mm-hmm. I think we just broke it down
1: yeah because <laughs> dependence results from uh, physical harm behavior problems and association with people who also abuse the drug so when you start to depend on it you start to associate yourself with people who are to the state
0: of abusing who are already it. abusing it mm-hmm. yeah and then that's how it Sometime, I mean, not all the time, yeah, yeah. but wanna, oftentimes that is how what ends up happening. Is that you kind of
1: surround yourself with that type of group of people. And then it, it's, a, it's a continuing cycle of mm-hmm. use. And then it's hard to break. Because then, man, when you start to do recovery, you have to disassociate yourself.
0: With an entire circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a whole new group of friends, a whole new you, a whole new lifestyle. Everything. and that makes sense. Yeah.
1: And then that's where the change comes in. So I guess I want to say for all those people who may be listening, who think that they may have a drug addiction or they may know somebody who has a drug addiction or they're trying to distinguish between whether or not they're at the state of dependency or abuse, a massive abuse. It's still... An opportunity for them to get the resources that they need and when I mention resources I'm talking about um help so just know that neither drug abuse in relation to addiction is a moral weakness in my opinion from the research that's what they've stated but I I think that I can agree with that what about you Arabia as far as a moral weakness What do you mean by moral
0: weakness exactly?
1: Uh, Moral weakness, I think they're referring to that as something that basically that is a belief thing that you can turn on and off. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, So when you think about your morals and what you've been taught, no drugs, don't do drugs, and you're supposed to take that in and walk by that but if you don't walk by that that means then that means morals. yeah then that means that you are you have a moral weakness but I don't agree with that because why is because it's a illness of the brain of the mind mm-hmm. so it's something that you cannot control after it goes past a certain point it's then an addiction
0: yeah I, def- I agree with that I don't I, th- I believe it's a brain disease and Mm -hmm. I even believe that it's could be genetic too Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah if you know that you're prone to something like that then it's up to you to just make the best choices that you can to not expose yourself to it Mm -hmm. or if you are exposed and you feel like things are starting to get a little weird you're getting a little too dependent uh then it's up to you as like an adult I guess to just like kind of put the seatbelt on and be like, all right, let me do the work and, you know, successfully
1: have a drug free life. That's initially, that's what you will want. If you find yourself in those
0: type of situations that are that type of journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I know a lot of, a lot of people might feel like they already know a lot of this information, but we're just re-educating people. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember the D.A.R.E. workshop. When we were, <laughs> if you're a 90s kid, then mm-hmm. you remember doing the D.A.R.E. workshop. Um, so I don't know. I don't really remember even what that stands for. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm Googling right now. Like, yeah, what <laughs> does it stand for? Because I guess the program failed because no one even remembers what it stands for anymore. <laughs> but actually, they're back now because when I went to Walmart... Um, Uh, like a few months ago they were there and I got a t-shirt because I like donated a dollar so they're back now I guess they're trying to reframe their message or whatever but
1: did you know they had a song
0: no (laughs) (laughs) they have a song on YouTube
1: I think they have a song (laughs) this is really interesting wow is this the song I don't remember a song with Dare. <laughs>
0: For all of you millennials, this was our song. And I don't even remember. Okay, it. turn it off. Turn it off. It's horrible. It's horrible. Turn it off. Who is it? I won't do drugs. I, I will respect do... myself. Yes. Wow. Wow. Whoa. I didn't know that song existed, Um, but yeah, apparently the program, they say the program failed, but in my opinion, Mm -hmm. I think it passed because we're the kids that were, we were really like the millennials, Mm -hmm. we were the ones who really like received the program, like Generation X, they were already in high school, so maybe it didn't affect them as much, but millennials, we do less drugs than the other generations, so maybe maybe it did work,
1: yeah, it worked I mean something about it stuck with us like okay maybe we should second guess yeah and then technology
0: coming in it kind of changes it all but they're back now so you know they sold the shirts at Urban Outfitters for like 30 something dollars but if you donate you could get it for cheaper I like that I like that a lot um so yeah so we're just trying to re-educate everybody and like uh, Ebony said before, hopefully someone it can help maybe someone that feels like they might have a problem or knows someone who has a problem, to maybe make make better choices or to reach out, and get help or, mm-hmm. or just to know more about what drugs are. <laughs>
1: I, <guess. laughs> I mean, honestly, I was I learned a lot,
0: but anyway, so let's get let's go back on track. So getting back on track with our little debate we're going to have going on, which really isn't a debate, but just more of a discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, So my position is marijuana being millennials' favorite drug of choice. And um, so I found an article called Millennials' Marijuana Usage Has Risen But Pales to Baby Boomers' Hazy Days. So based off of that... Well, it's basically mm-hmm. in the title, right? <laughs> Millennials' marijuana usage has risen, but pales to baby boomers' hazy days. So, we mm. so basically we're using marijuana. The use of marijuana in our generation is steadily increasing, but it's still generally lower than um, the amount that it was being used by our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a few facts that I found about it that were interesting um, was that they're noticing. An increase in marijuana usage, but it's not directly correlated to the fact that it's being legalized in a lot of states like California and Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that could be attributed to the fact that the perceived risk of smoking um, weed has decreased from 50% to around 33%. So basically over time, people just have perceived marijuana as being a drug that's I guess less dangerous. Yeah. Um and it, and it is yeah. less dangerous compared to harder drugs. Um but but however, if you're smoking marijuana before the age of 25, it can have some negative effects on your brain because the brain doesn't finish developing um, until age 25. Um, so year. yeah, so I guess it's it's basically up to your best judgment and I mean I would advise people not to use before 25 but I know a lot of people do. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, like that's so, not. <laughs> that yeah. would be a very interesting <laughs> conversation to have in high school, colleges, I mean, and even some job placements with millennials to see like, "Oh, what age were you when you first started?"
0: Using marijuana. Yeah. For those who have. I doubt that everyone's gonna be like, I was twenty eight. Like I doubt that's gonna happen. (laughs) But um yeah, so basically so I'm on the side of marijuana because I feel like this is the first time in history that it's been like you see all the legalization happening and and then there's a lot of different other things there um with the cannabis plant, um, like they're able to use the hemp oil and it. Um, A lot of people are doing research on the benefits of that without the THC, I think it's called. So I think that it's like our generation's drug of choice. (laughs) Yeah,
1: And I mean, and then that being that marijuana and prescription drugs are rated
0: the top. The two top. top. Two, yeah. Um, By our generation being used, yeah.
1: So did you state anything about like your personal experience with just with marijuana as far as like people that you knew that are millennials or growing up or
0: I mean, yeah, like, like I, you. yeah, I grew up with people like some people who smoked marijuana, but a lot like also I grew up with people who were like it was very demonized so Mm -hmm. they just perceived it as like no all drugs are bad which kind of is like what the dare workshop was Was. like it was just like drugs bad like you remember (laughs) those 90s commercials where it was like they were in the school and then the kid like has like the cigarette and it's like hey do you want do you want to be cool and then and it's like no I'm already cool like walks away I don't know like (laughs) like, you know those like Courtney commercials so I guess I grew up more around that.
1: Yeah. Side. I, think <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Me too. Yeah, I didn't really I don't think I was really exposed to people my age using marijuana until I got to college.
0: So same. Well that's where everybody like <laughs> Yeah,
1: that was that was like my big exposure to it and then but you have to think about those people who didn't have that same experience, like who didn't go to the traditional four year or took another route um when you know when did they get exposed was it the college friends that they had or was it just the different people that they associated with that's a different world or perspective that i don't really have because i mean i didn't have that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so i i don't know i just i guess it's just worth um, mentioning so what did you find out about um, prescription drugs All and right, pills? so, so much to talk about with that. <laughs> um, I'm not going to hit on everything, but something that was very, very interesting to me, Um I have a, a good resource. Hold on, I don't want to misquote it. So, is the National Institute on Drug Abuse. This is mostly... Of what I'm about to say comes from that resource, so I just wanted to put that out and there. And we'll
0: also put our resources. Um, are we gonna
1: do, do, do it on our uh, social media? Yeah. On our Instagram, because we want to make sure
0: we give you know credit to the everything we're talking about. This isn't from us. We're not that amazing, even though it might seem that way. We <laughs> we had to do research.
1: <laughs> so basically. Um, that they found that an estimated 52 million people, 20% of those aged 12 and older, have used prescription drugs for non-medical reasons at least once in their lifetime, and young people are strongly represented in this group.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we are considered the young people in this sample. Um, and another statement that I found was abuse of prescription drugs is highest... Among young adults age 18 to 25, hmm. Hmm, with 5.9% reporting medical, oh, I'm well, sorry, non medical use in the past month. And among youth age 12 to 17, 3.0% reported past month non medical use of prescription medication. So from this, I'm thinking, okay, we use prescription medications more than the previous generation. so think about this the generation under us is using more than us generation z yes
0: oh my god that's
1: that's what this is saying
0: that's shocking so
1: we are still kind of like experimenting with it the most though mm-hmm. um and i think it has for my in my personal opinion i think it may have
0: to do with the access to prescription drugs um yeah I agree with that because uh, it's so easy to I mean for one it's they're legal you know what I mean it's not mm-hmm. like having getting caught with cocaine or heroin or something like that mm-hmm. um I, I used to work at uh well I won't say what school but I worked at a school <laughs> <laughs> and um of course the kids could get really um, could get really crazy and it could be very stressful and I know there was one teacher I worked with who would just always have Xanax on her wow. and like yeah she would just be like do you want a Xanax do you want and I was like no like because I didn't know what it was going to do to me like I was scared mm-hmm. but like all, all the teachers were like popping popping pills you know so I mean it's just so easy Access you know in the workplace. and it's like if a police officer sees you with Xanax what you know what I mean they're not going to be we're like Where, let me talk to your doctor <laughs> like to prove it that's not going to happen so
1: uh, yeah, no, I I definitely can see what you're saying. <laughs> like that access is, I think, is something that we have to think about because I mean, even on college campuses, it's the it's like the same type of scenario.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I want to talk about opiates, and opiates are drugs derived from opium, and that's that's the drug that we may see as opioids, and that's what the what is it i guess society well the marketplace that's Mm kind of what that's kind of what they put in our face um and these are drugs and medications that relieve pain so they reduce the intensity of pain signals reaching the brain and -hmm. affect those brain areas controlling like emotion um which can diminish the effects of like painful feeling And this is one that most people go to, which is like pain relievers. So, yes. And I actually have experience with one of them. Yeah. I Um, was about to mention, was it hydrocodone? Oh, no. Hydrocodone.
0: Hydrocodone? (laughs) (laughs) Hydrocodone. You guys know what we're talking about. Um.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Let's see. Because I'm pretty sure we want to say this correctly. Let's see.
0: Hydrocodone. Okay, that's it. That was a little scary sounding. (laughs) Hydrocodone. Hydrocodone, yes. So I unfortunately um, had the shingles a year ago from stress. Um, And that's something, just side note, you do not want to get that. So if you are someone who is easily stressed, slow down. Do whatever it is you need to do. If you need to have a glass of wine, some yoga, anything you need to do, because you don't want that, like you don't want the shingles. But anyway, so the only thing they could prescribe you for the pain is hydrocodone or mm-hmm. whatever, however you say it. Hydrocodone. Because it's so strong, it's such a strong painkiller. And um, when I was starting to get over it, I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to take this anymore. I'll just take some ibuprofen. Oh my god, I was in so much pain. Mm. That stuff is extremely strong. Um, but I had one experience um, when I was taking it was I couldn't sleep. Uh, because it gives you a lot of energy, and I literally felt like I was on speed or something. I, because I'm a writer, I wrote like five s- short stories, <laughs> and I like mailed them to all these different magazines, and I just couldn't sleep, and I had all this energy, and I was like shaking, and wow. I definitely felt like I was like extremely high. <laughs> so this stuff is very very strong, and I can I can see why someone would get addicted to it or abuse it because I mean. Even though I felt, um, like, kind of shaky, I was able to get a lot of work done. So it's very easy to abuse something like that because you're addicted to what you can get out of it.
1: Independence is something else that they mention with uh, prescription drugs. It's because when you are using um, physical—not physical, but when you're using drugs as far as— opioids to relieve some type of pain and you try to stop it really quickly, then you have really, really bad, like chronic, like side effects from like stopping. And so they talk about like how dependence is viewed differently when it comes to prescription drugs, because you're dependent upon that to relieve your pain. Um, So you have to, you have to have a different approach to getting off of prescription medication mm-hmm. when you feel yourself like
0: yeah abusing it and I think that's why doctors are very apprehensive about just giving out prescriptions to people because they know how addictive they can become so, mm-hmm.
1: um, so I just want to last thing I just want to mention the other opioids that they have here um, and it was hydrocodone oxycodone um, oxycodone um, morphine and what was another one vicodin mm-hmm. so i'm sure all of those i'm most of those i've heard of yeah and a lot of people Same. that i know have taken those especially vicodin um hmm. so yeah those that's a little bit about prescription drugs and as of right now they had a study. Oh, yes. The study that they just came out with talking about um, how opioids are not being documented properly as far as the overdose. Um, so, hmm. yeah. And that was an
0: article that came out today. What do you mean as far as the The overdose.
1: overdose basically, that... The the amount
0: of people overdosing. Or yeah, the, yeah, just oh.
1: the amount of people overdosing, and the way that they are accounting the deaths as overdose deaths, mm. so they're not accounting them as opioid overdoses. Mm. So, and that is messing up oh. what you know the research the and the yeah. data that they have because they're trying to make sure that they are preventing people from overdosing on prescription drugs and they can't really prove it because they're like what like you guys are not documenting this properly um but something interesting is is that they don't really have a protocol for document documentation yeah for for overdosing overdosing
0: on prescription yes they don't
1: yeah um so i guess because it's still new it's fairly new Mm -hmm. yeah and it's happened more, happening more rapidly, and that's why they're trying to figure Catch out up. what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, just, I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's a recent article from Vox. That is just a little bit about drugs and drug abuse, addiction, and dependence. And we are going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. We've talked about a whole lot of stuff. And we really want to know like what you all think. So please email us, um, write on our Instagram, tweet at us. We really want to engage with you all just to see like what us millennials is all about in the real world. Because it's not just us. It's you too.
0: Yeah, we want to see what your opinion is. Do you think marijuana is the drug for our generation or do you think it's prescription pills? So let us know. And and Arabia is going to tell you our social media. I am. Yes. <laughs> Which is first is our Instagram. Our Instagram is usmillennialspodcasts, mm-hmm. And our email is usmillennialspodcasts at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so email us there uh, if you have any thoughts or any questions or... Anything like that that you'd like to share with us. So on that note, yes, we will end the podcast with the Dare song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so we can get stuck in our heads
0: because yeah. it's already stuck in minds. And here we go. So thank you guys again. And we'll see you next time on Us Millennials Podcast. Bye.